Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, guys. I'm Katie Lowe's, actress, mom, and host of the parenting podcast, Katie's Crib a show that helps women navigate the colossal changes that come with motherhood. You'll hear from resilient mamas, knowledgeable experts, and me asking a whole lot of questions. It's real talk that offers real perspective on what it's really like to be a parent. New episodes publish every other Thursday. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Open your hearts, loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets, so feeling on your new jubu, they gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Hey everyone, welcome to Couples Therapy. I am Naomi. And I am Andy. And we are a real life couple, a real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we bring you the very best sets from our live show where we have comics who are close, do sets together about their relationship. And then we talk about our relationship. (laughs) Almost 10 years strong. Woo! And in fact, we've added so many creatures into our relationship. Two cats, a dog, sweet little Mabel. One might say... I don't know if this has ever been used to, for like a show or something, <laughs> but like you call it a full house. Right, 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 right. That's definitely something you would call it. We have a truly full house. 
And it is wonderful. However, Andy and I, we're kind of coming up on... Can I ask a quick question? What? Full House, the theme song. Whatever happened to Predictability, the Milkman, the Paperboy, even TV, blah, blah, blah. So it's like this, what, fucked up weird nostalgia. This is a shitty stand-up routine, probably, that someone's done already. But was there some weird nostalgia in that for the 50s? For, like, when there were Milkmen and such? Because as far as I know, every decade before ours was worse and worse. (laughs) (laughs) The 90s are pretty good, but maybe I just say that because I was a child and there was so much black television. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the 90s, hey, different world. Do you think that's that's peak existence for humans, the 90s? In a way, I think think we had hope. We certainly were doing things overseas that would counter that, but it felt like in America we really had hope. Yeah. Um, We had hope, we had cash, we had... (laughs) What more do you need, baby? Hope and cash. So, okay, anyway, you were about to say we have uh, a full house. And it's a beautiful thing, but as we approach the holidays... It's a little tricky. Andy and I are unsure, and I think I'm more anxious about it than you are. Normally over the holidays, we go to New York. We like to stay in New York for a month. Usually we do a couple couples therapy shows, and like, you know, we really spend some time in the city around the holidays, not just for the family time. But now, in order to do that, we would have to travel with two cats and a dog on a cross-country flight. And I just don't see how that happens because for you and me, it's like already so stressful with the cats. Like you and I each have a cat. We each have like a backpack. We check a bag. Like we have so much stuff because we're going away for like a month. Yes. Thanks to the TSA. It's very cumbersome to travel with animals, especially cats. And ours, you can't really put them on leashes. So you have to go to the special room and then you hold the cat while they take the cat carrier and run it through to make sure – you don't have any like explosives. Right, right. Who carries a who would what kind of monster? I could understand putting explosives in your underwear, putting explosives <laughs> in your shoe, any of that stuff, but putting it in a cat carrier. I love that you can understand putting an explosive in your underwear. Sure. I like that that's not the problem for you. It is <laughs> It's that you would use the ruse of a beautiful pet, of mm-hmm. a wonderful a pet that snuggles into your chest. <laughs> And that's your con into blowing up something? No. I know. know. Have some humanity, even (laughs) as you blow it up. That's what I say. Naomi, I'm here to talk to all the Al-Qaeda's in the world, all the the Sinn Féin's. Jesus Christ, Andrew Beckerman. I can't (laughs) with you. And this is my message. Oh, good. No, but uh, it is a problem we are struggling with. And by struggling, I mean delaying making any decisions. Yeah, we have yet to make like any travel plans, which you know is never a good idea when it comes to the holidays. But trying to figure out what to do, and then especially because... You know, we know people in L.A., of course, but no one who's from here, so it's not like we can leave the dog. I think it's much easier to leave the dog because she can kind of, you know, roll with folks. We don't have anyone we can leave her with. or You know, just, not that I want to leave her, but at least that would be one option is, like, somebody gets to take care of sweet Mabel for a month. Could we? I, I have problems leaving her for, like, an afternoon. I know. I know. But so that's the thing. I don't know. But it's like, how are we going to travel with all these animals? If anyone has practiced this, please let me know. I'm like, it's just, like, literally, like, too many creatures and we don't know what to do and so then I'm like do we just stay home but I know that we won't like that um so I just can't decide what to do is anyone here with like a full menagerie trying to figure out what to do with the holidays if you have any hot tips I would love to hear them menagerie travel that's what (laughs) that's what we need we need you know I'm sad a little bit that the internet has destroyed travel agents 
and travel agencies because you could just – there was a time in the 1980s where you could just go to a person and be like, hey, we have two cats and a dog. Help us figure this out. <laughs> and it was their job to help you figure it out. Well, I might call JetBlue and be like, hey, JetBlue, do you know – do people do this? And they'll be like, actually, you're insane. No one does this. Drive, cross, drive cross country. <laughs> it is me, JetBlue. So I don't know. We want to figure it out because it's like, what did you say about it, Andy? Oh, I said that we're anchored to a house of love. It sounds like an R&B song. Or like we're a 70s. Anchored to the house of love. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> anchored to the house of love. It's more like a 70s power ballad. Right. It's kind of in that. Shouldn't in you like be singing a, too? It's just a duet. Yeah. Anchored to a house of love. Ooh, it's like we that. Are Anchored to a house of love. Wow, we really didn't get our harmonies right. It's okay. It's okay. You know what? We're just like kind of speaking about it in the moment. But we're, we're riffing. Tr- yeah, we're riffing. We're anchored to a house of love. We want to figure out what to do. Um, uh, I want that song to exist now. <laughs> I'm sure you'll write it when we get home. <laughs> when Andy gets a little earworm, he breaks out the guitar and he makes it happen. If you have not followed us on Instagram, certainly you've heard his folk version of Money Can't Buy You Class by Countess Luann de Lesseps. By Countess Luan. Hello. I am vampire. He's never heard I'm Countess Luan. He just knows that she's a countess. So before Not we get anymore. into- I know that much. Ooh, someone's catching up. Before we get into our wonderful live sets, it's always a little bit of housekeeping for you, baby. If you live in Los Angeles, my friends, we are doing our monthly live show at the Virgil on December 7th at 8 p.m. Now, Naomi- what is December 7th? Well, Andy, I don't want to toot my own horn, but December 7th is my birthday. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's a, a day Pearl Harbor was attacked. That is also the true. The day that will live in infamy. On so many levels, yes. quite honestly. The day uh, I came out swinging <laughs> in Pearl Harbor. So December 7th, and if, being my birthday show... You know, I said, if I have to work on my birthday, if I'm going to host, I better be hosting the most. We are putting together a dope lineup, people that I love. I'm in the process of asking people and just being like, it's my birthday. Will you please? (laughs) So that lineup is coming together. But the point is, it's a birthday show. Maybe we'll bring a cake. Think about it. Yes. Okay. If you want to get tickets to it, go to CouplesTherapyPod.com and click on See Us Live. While you're on the website, Two other things you can do. One, sign up for our mailing list. We are trying to get off of Facebook and to disseminate information, we decide to make a mailing list. We don't send it out very often, just a couple times a year mostly. And we'll tell you where we're playing. Where we're playing. Like we're an indie rock band. Yeah, that's what we are. We're We're opening for the new pornographers (laughs) on their next tour. But where we're performing live, we're seeing where maybe you live so we know uh, what cities to come to. So you can sign up for it uh, there at the website. Also, you can sign up for our Patreon. Now, twice a month, Naomi and I do extra episodes. Patreon exclusives. No one else will ever hear these. For $5, (laughs) you get to hear those episodes. We get in deep. We talk about uh, our emotions, the minutia of relationships. I don't know. I, Naomi, I love it. I think it's good. We recently recorded one where I feel like we like we had these ideas of stuff to talk about, and then we kind of took a turn, and we got into sort of our love languages in a way that I didn't expect. Certainly... The listener, you know, was like, wow, I'm getting in there. So you can also get in there if you sign up for the Patreon. So think about it. Yeah. One final thing when it comes to couples therapy stuff, we have an advice line. Uh, every once in a while, we do advice episodes with uh, celebrities, comedians, people we like. And if you want to call in, you know, we'll take your DMs. We love your emails, but we would 
the prefer. phone calls are the best. The, the phone calls, calls let us know who you are. You know, the tone of your voice lets us know how dire the situation is. <laughs> okay? We love it when you call, baby. Yes. And that phone number is 323-524-7839. And Naomi, finally, do you not have some live dates coming up? Well, sure. If you guys are fans of Baron Vaughn and Open Mike Eagle, hosts of The New Negroes on Comedy Central on a live show here in L.A., I'll be on the road with them. November 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, we all over the West Coast. We're in Portland. We're in Seattle. We're in Santa Cruz. We're in Oakland. So check that out online, The New Negroes, and come check us out if you're on the West Coast. I'll be doing a nice, fun, long set. The other comics will be great. Mike Eagle's going to have some songs. It is going to be a lovely night, so get into it. Yeah, New Negroes. What a great show. What a great live show. What a great TV show. Check out all the episodes on Comedy Central. I'm sure on their app or something. Okay, um, enough business. <laughs> I want to get you into some hilarity. The, oh, we've yeah. got two great sets from our last show in Los Angeles, and they were so fun, and I've just been waiting for you to listen to them. You guys, this first set is from Drew Drogi and Sam Pancake. Ooh, they are actors, comedians, writers, and longtime friends. I personally first fell in love with Drew through his Chloe 78 parody videos, which are so funny. <laughs> but you might also know him from Transparent, Big Mouth, Drunk History, and a whole bunch of other shows. Sam Pancake has been on so many shows and films over the years. Most recently, you've seen him on A Million Little Things and the movie Dumplin', starring Jennifer Aniston. Together, Sam and Drew are on the next season of Search Party. And if you're in L.A., you can see them both in the play Ravenswood Manor at the Celebration Theater running through November 24th. So you got almost two weeks to catch them. It is such a funny play. Yeah, we saw it. You will love it. It's so great. So without further ado, bringing you the best of the best, Drew and Sam. Roll it. Uh, and some grace Keeping it current. Her I like it. Her daughter's name is China. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is that China Phillips? China Cantner. Okay, so China. Nineties MTV China correspondent is, is uh, Michelle Phillips. Sure. Yeah, daughter, yeah, 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 yeah. But same sort of. I don't know. Mamas and the Papas. Jefferson Airplane. Grew up in the Laurel Canyon. And Malibu doesn't give a shit. <laughs> And hate Ashbury. Drew, how are you? I'm a, I'm a me. I'm terrible. I, 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 I'm in a I, mood. I, I'm, not, I'm angry. I'm not, not going to lie. I'm not great either. We're, We're really fucking, fucking tired. We're tired. Aren't you excited to watch us up, get up here and bitch? Bad names. First of all, I have to. I have to do some housekeeping. This I've ever told you this. I what? every time I perform here at the Virgil, which is like the 18th incarnation, whatever. Don't act too hip. Um, <laughs> It was the garage at one point in the 90s, and I got fingered on the pool table right over there a couple of times. With consent. It was, uh, we didn't talk (laughs) about that those days, and plenty not. Um, But it was a Saturday afternoon. It was a potato bar. Saturday afternoon punk rock gay bar called Sucker, hosted by Vaginal Cream Davis, who's a fucking legend. Vaginal Davis. Oh my God. Can we give it up for Vaginal Davis? Vaginal Cream Davis. In Berlin now. She's the best. International treasure. I did a crazy house party show with her a couple years ago. We've done so many (laughs) fucking weird things together. First of all, we thought tonight we were going to be interviewed, and we thought that. Misunderstood the assignment. We totally don't read. We don't read our emails, so we have no idea what we're going to talk about, but I think we were just like, okay. Was you there an I, email though? I'm there sorry. was okay, an email. Great, Remember great. the bits? We went back and forth. We did so many bits. I'm yelling at you. Oh, uh, no, we did no, no, so no, many no, bits no, no, no. We, with Naomi, and we had so much fun that we didn't bother reading what the show was. I think I was. I don't think I was. Was I on that? Ch- ch- okay, yes, great. You were Listen to me. I'm in dumpling. 
apostrophe. I'm the one. I'm her. Jennifer Aniston didn't remember me from Friends, and I never got over it. That's a whole other story. I want you know it. Anyway, um, here's the thing. This one and me, our latest adventure is we're rehearsing rehearsing twelve episodes of a play called Ravenswood Manor. And we, we like have we 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 are we're having the most fun. We gotta say that. It's gonna be so much fucking this fun. Car- her character but gets to call me a fucking faggot. I call every him a faggot every other it. page. Um, and it's a comedy. Um, uh, <laughs> as opposed to a searing drama. <laughs> oh the Germans are here, faggot. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, Bar no, but, the door, <laughs> cunt sucker. <laughs> no, but we, I feel like we, we constantly like raise the bar on like just about how, how exhausted awful. we can be. Like how many things we can do. Like, hey, I'll do this. We're doing a show that is a six hour show. It's 360 pages. And every week it's a new episode. It's, it's an hour every week. So we're learning new material and every week. It's fucking brilliant. It's not like, it's, oh my God, we're doing the Golden Girls again. Yeah. Still Getty, still can't act and I gotta be her again. Um, I don't care. I'm over it. I'm over the Golden Girls. But come see us in January, please. Doing the Golden Girls in January. Live. Uh, I'll be doing, I, I'm uh, Rose and I just pray that Betty White doesn't die when we're doing this show. Um, fingers and, uh, crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Prayers still, up. You know what's crazy? People still are just like so like, oh my God, we're gonna be devastated when Betty White dies. Let and I don't go. think Betty White will be. I really don't. I think she's gonna be like, it's been great, you know? She already says in her interviews, like, when I go home at night, I eat one hot dog and a glass of vodka to go to sleep. That's all she fucking wants. Ditto until I went to rehab, but whatever. (laughs) Seven years, bitches. It's not amazing. Seven (laughs) years. And I got to work it in every fucking conversation. I'm that guy. I'm that fucker. But you're really not that obnoxious about it. Oh, thank you, You really are. Because there's so many people who will just be like, I am sober now. But it's a lot of protest too much. Because you really are. I mean, you really are. No, I really am. I really am. But you know, it's that thing. Like I, I always say, like I've never met a quiet vegan. It's it's a lot of people. It's like a similar thing. It's just like oh, I'll have a vegan. I'm like, just great, be vegan. That's wonderful. I support that. That's hooray, hooray for everyone. But the talking, we don't care. I don't care. It's not a personality. Um, you know, and and, uh, and you well, know, but you're not that way about being thanks, sober. Thanks, honey. Well, back to uh, it's hard to focus either of us, but I think you're better. But actually, I'm going to do it right now, which is like back to our jobs. Yes. The worst job. Okay, you, you're going to tell me your worst job, and I'm going to say my worst job. Okay, great. As an actor, or just in general? As an actor. Okay, great. Because I have shoveled seafood at the Fisherman's Wharf in Wind Dixie in North Carolina. Yeah. When I was in college. I was yeah. a talent agent Thank assistant you. in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina in 1987, bitches. Yeah. Shag, I'm an extra. What? Did I drop that on the floor? The movie Shag? No. Okay, bye. Yep. If you watch if you watch Shag, which I'm sure you're all going to go home and do immediately. It's really you good. Should. Bridget Fonda, unsung hero. Uh, Paige Hannah. Uh, Annabelle Robert Goosh. Rustler. Okay, uh, so uh, you can if you find Sam in the background, you can see him a lot. You're like in t- you're like in one part of the club, and then you're in another part of the club. You are a ghost. They look exactly the same. Exactly, <laughs> same jacket. Same same jacket. So I'm sorry, Sam. What was your what's your worst? Job oh, okay. As an actor? I had to. Okay, anyone remember '95? These youngsters don't. But in '95, there was a whole rash of people who looked like me that had to be that were asked to be Forrest Gump lookalikes. <laughs> I didn't like want to do it because I, uh, even though I'm. Well, Forrest Gump's the worst movie ever, ever made. made. And, and I fucking I, hate it's it. It's terrible. It's trash. And if you like it, I have a lot of things to say to you. A lot. It's a horrible movie. It's violently hateful. It is a. It, it, it hates women. It, it's bad. It hates everyone. Yes. 
Anyway. Um, Team I- Jenny. Team Jenny. Give Jenny a movie. How about that? <laughs> Jenny. Care about Forrest. Jenny. Anyway, uh, long story short, I was at this audition for Forrest Gump look, look, looks alike. Like, so look, I'm exhausted. I'm in a mentoring program. I met my mentee for the first time today. It's going to be a long year. <laughs> Not who I wanted. Anyway. <laughs> They said you'll get who you want. Give us four names. I did. Oh, no, 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 no. Got the other one who I met and was like, absolutely not. Uh. It's not about me, is it? Anyway, um, 14-year-old. Anyway, um, I, so I was at an audition with this guy who was openly Lebanese, and he was like, I'm doing top. Openly, I'm, yeah, not I'm closeted like, Lebanese. <laughs> Most of the, here's the thing about I'm Lebanese just, people. They won't tell you. He, he led with it. Anyway, he was like, I'm a Tom Hanks in person. And I'm like, really? Okay. Forrest Gump, but I can't make this gig on Saturday. You want to fill in for me? And I'm like, anything for $300. It's sure. 1995. Same. same. Uh, 2019. My Jeep, my, my Jeep Cherokee needed new tires. Um, anyway, so I, uh, I signed up to do this with a lookalike agency, and I ended up playing Forrest Gump. Th- and here was what it was. Do you remember the name of this agency? I want to know what they were I called. I know the guy's name. Oh, but was there an I a- re-met was, him at Darren were, were, Stein's house last were year. Were they called, like, Almost As If? No, they, like, were, they were like... <laughs> <laughs> a wink and a nudge. No, um, yeah. It's Liz Taylor, question mark. Um, but uh, anyway... It's like chicken with a K. <laughs> So, long story short, it's a very long story, and I do do a one-man show about it. You're welcome. Uh, I ended up going to, they're like, Ikea, we're going to go to every Ikea as they have their big sales throughout the summer, and there's going to be all kinds of lookalikes. It's just going to be like a festival and a carnival. So I went to the first one in City of Commerce. Anybody? I get there. The manager at Ikea doesn't know anything about it. So the people are going to Ikea to get flugen chairs Hawkins or whatever. Niggins. And the, and they're getting greeted by like Liz Taylor and Forrest Gump and Alf <laughs> and just like only, you know, Uma Thurman, only, like uh, no, Pulp Fiction. Only like, not. Else is 95? Oh, honey, no one showed up but me and the balloon man. <laughs> so they made me sit on a couch at the grid at the door and say, Ikea is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And then I, I, I learned, because I had to do it every weekend all summer to different Ikeas. And then the one, the Burbank one, where I knew the most people and was most terrified, they sent someone with me, and she had a Polaroid, and she would take pictures of me with people that nobody wanted. So the only Polaroid I have is me and that nice lady who took the Polaroids. And so I have proof, and then I, I quit. And then my, I was doing a travel agent convention. Anybody remember those in San Diego? And my I don't know car, what travel And then my car are. blew up on the way home at Camp Pendleton, but not in a sexy way. And then this white trash Not surfer, in getting fingered on the pool table kind of way. Well, I'm this kidding. guy, the tow truck driver, by the time he got to my house at Burnside and Six, good luck, was like... Uh, he's like, I don't think you, that you paid me enough money. And I'm like, he wanted me to fucking blow him. It was a long... Anyway, what was your worst job? Uh, <laughs> Wait, and you didn't you didn't blow him? You're like, I'm too. It's just he too w- much. I was tired. I'd been forced gone for hours with drunk white, you know, Zinfandel oh, breath yeah. travel agents oh, yeah, from no Missouri. Because you had to do a scene with them on camera. There was every station was a different movie. It was city you slickers. You, you told me like, didn't you say that people would come through and they'd be drunk and they would try to do scenes with you? I, well, no, there's like drunk a, women were doing scenes with you as, as far as gone. But there was cue cards. I was just to read, and they were too. But they're drunk travel agents from you know, Riddle Box, Florida, or wherever, <laughs> and like. They're like, and then they would get drunk. They're like, you're fucking stupid, boy. You're fucking stupid. I was like, shut up, Doreen. God, $300. 
And you had to literally just read the script. They were like, easy does as easy is, or whatever stupid thing they had him say. I'm uh, sorry, Sam. No I just realized your mom's in that movie. I'm really sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Not Oscar nominee. Oops. Um, so... Well, I love all the people in it. It just, you I'm know, a it's, dumpling, a, it's, so. a, it's a crazy movie. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, for me, I, uh, so many, so many. I also had to walk around. It made me think of, I had to, the founder of Twitter, I guess I can say this now, it's many years, the founder of Twitter's wife in San Francisco decided that she wanted Mrs. to have... Mrs. Twitter? Mrs. Twitter. <laughs> Janet Twitter. Um... <laughs> Janet Twitter decided in San Francisco that she wanted to have a Midnight in Paris themed party and we had to be characters. For, yeah, horrible. As if that wasn't bad enough, like we had to like watch it, like we had to be like Hall of Presidents, like people from the 20s in a party, which means you're just boring basic people that need like actors in the party. Like, hello, like it's so weird. And it's not even LA, right? San Francisco, it was in San Francisco. not having it. So they were very, you know, and so they flew us up there, but we had to, um, the guy, uh, there was the guy that was in charge of it had hired me for something else. And he was, this is also just talk about like gay on gay crime where a gay man is hiring me. It's real. It's real, you guys. Where the guy hiring the me was basically like, he was like, well, who could you be from the 20s? And I was like, oh, I could do F. Scott Fitzgerald. He's like, no, honey, you cannot do F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> like F. Scott Fitzgerald. You're Dorothy Parker at best. Yeah. <laughs> I can smell her right now. Yeah. Grab a hula hoop and be Betty Boop, queer. Like it was just literally like... It was literally like I like because F. Scott Fitzgerald was this brutish manish person. Like, he was no. so effete. I was like, first of all, we're walking handsome. around a party. I'm not doing a Scorsese film playing him. I can walk around a party. That's what I could do. No, they wouldn't allow it. It was so they were so mean to me about it. So I had to direct the thing, but I also had to be. It was F. Scott Fitzgerald. They hired a local guy who couldn't speak. local hire a local F. hire who had to go out of town. Who was terrified and he couldn't speak. He couldn't talk. So he just walked around like this. Do anything. SF talent, whatever. Not a really, really angry Gertrude Stein who learned to a fault what Gertrude Stein was like and would not improvise. Would walk around and be like, they're like shrimp cocktail. She's like, Gertrude Stein never ate shrimp cocktail. Never. A rose is a rose is a rose. Suck my dick. That's my Gertrude. So I had to be just random 20s guy. That's the worst. That was the worst. So I had to walk around and just be like this. And so I just pretended like I was drunk because I didn't have a character. I didn't know. So I was drunk. And then the owner of the party thought I was really drunk because I'm that good. I was also drinking. I was also heavily drinking. You were also drunk. Just drunk. not on bathtub gin on Bombay. I was Bombay. drunk, exactly. And uh, so I got in trouble and almost like fired from the thing I was directing and shamed, uh, but paid royally. Also, I did outdoor theater. Did you ever do outdoor theater? Uh, only I did inside outdoor theater. It's a long story. <laughs> That's <laughs> what we still do. There was do. rain. Yeah, we, we still, still do inside do. outdoor theater. I did outdoor. I did outdoor theater in Kentucky the summer after I graduated from college uh, at the Ginny Wiley Theater. And I've seen it. I saw it as a child. Yeah, um, not that production that I was in, but you Maybe. saw. It. You went to Ginny <laughs> no, Wiley. You're eighty years younger than me. We get it. <laughs> oh, but I was. A, I was oh, 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 haunted, haunted. Oh. Exercise a demon. Halloween, y'all. Oh my God. Y'all. I, don't, I have no idea what just went Now on. we're going to sit on it. Oh, just, girl. Never, I'm exhausted. I mentioned my mentee's awful. Go ahead. I had to do, I had to do this thing where we, we, did, we did a play called The Legend of Jenny Wiley, which was a three-hour, like, wannabe Les Mis, but it was very much covered wagons from Waiting for Guffman. It was this really serious, talk about three hours long, musical. 
and I had white to, people playing Native white American, people playing Native Americans, and they had to all like wear something called Texas Red Dirt. Yeah. Anybody? And they played white villagers in the first act, <laughs> having the time of their lives and like having a home and family. This is the greatest joy for me. And then in the second act. They all played Native Americans, and their opening act was Ama, and it was Janet Jackson choreography, and they were in all red paint. They were standing in showers painting themselves. I got out of that job. I did not have to do that. Um, I played a white villager that had to get tortured by the Native Americans and burned at the stake every what? night and scream, and so they tied me up and beat me with sticks. Explains a lot. And I had to scream, and I was burned at the stake <laughs> every night, and there was a wall of fire in front of me and I lived it in related story. news I've worked with <laughs> thing a few times <laughs> boom 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 land it land it hey, dear friend lover don't repeat uh, <laughs> um, so Sam what did you do today what did you ever to do today I went to that fucking mentor mean tea thing and they oh said my God, I'm so sorry names. I asked what did you do? You're in a bad mood, too. We're both exhausted. Did we mention that? It hit me today after that mentor mentee thing, and then I tried to go to H&M downtown. Good luck, everybody. I moved a month ago. I, I love it. It's great. It's just yeah, fun. how is, how is uh, West Adams? I, it's better than Shitley Heights, where I used to live. Sorry, my friend lives there still. I used to live in Willie Heights, but I moved, and now I'm calling it Shitley Heights. Hollywood's gone crazy, y'all. Also, I was asked to leave where I was living. <laughs> they moved a new nanny, and it's all copacetic. It's all good. It was meant to be. How are you? I'm great. I'm fine. I'm tired. I went to the movies today, and I uh, here we go. Uh, here we go. I uh, know. I actually I like saw two movies that I liked, but I, the, I'm I'm such a nerd. I go to like weird. I saw the Takashi Miyake Maiki. How do you say his name? Movie. Uh, how is it? That's how you say it. No, 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 not Taika White, not Jojo Rabbit. No, it was uh, the Japanese director who, anyway, he made it called First Love. I saw Judy. Uh, I saw Judy. We talk about Judy. You're looking at two queens who disagree about Judy. Don't get us started. Don't get us started. <laughs> Honey, I, I, I wish I liked Judy more. You liked it. I enjoyed lots of it, but I'm that queen. Yeah, I'm not. I was like, who is she? What's happening? Um, two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> um, One more terrible job. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh oh fuck there's so many oh things we've done together yeah. you weren't in that drunk fire island thing that wasn't you the Jack no. Plotnik I know the difference um <laughs> we have played to quote our friend Willem we're all the same person <laughs> Willem Valley one time Willem was person. like I made out with you and I was like that's Sam Pancake and Willem was like we're all the same person <laughs> And I've never felt more seen. I was like, that's true. <laughs> this is after doing a movie and a play with Willem where we played brother and sister and then lovers still couldn't connect it. No. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, my worst job? Um, go ahead. We, Is there another uh, one? Or things we've done together. We, uh, we definitely did a show where, uh, a great, a really fun, great show, but we had a really hateful choreographer uh, when we did a, um, a Meryl Streep show. Streep Tease. We did Streep Tease uh, uh, with a night of uh, eight gay men doing Meryl Streep monologues. We did that. But your boy here did Postcards from the Edge. I did Shirley and Meryl. Where's my OB? Yeah, where is it? <laughs> Also, we uh, we played. Are we married on search party or just divorced? Well, I think we're divorced and we're and we're Republican. And we where we still work together. And we still work together. And we're wearing so much makeup. Oh, and we met doing. We met Melissa McCarthy. We forgot our origin story. Met Melissa McCarthy's backyard That's as right. you do. And yeah. then we we our first job together was doing the live action version of the movie Carrie as for a benefit. Where they played the movie Carrie, and then we acted it out. And I was Betty Buckley. And who were I you? Was, I was I was Nancy Allen. We've done so many things that should have been bigger deals and than. They were. 
I still rent. We just we name drop a lot of things and we just see people go dead inside. Like, okay, I'm so sorry for your loss. And <laughs> we're like, oh, we decided to do this instead of that thing that our friend and our friend's on the thing now. Okay, great. Um, but we're also um, on hold for season four of Search Party. There, I said there it. We, oh my god. Oh my god. Coming Sam, back. Don't Coming. tell them Hollywood Oops. secrets. Uh. Don't tell the Virgil. Um, um, the Virgil's got enough of my DNA. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, okay, come see us in Ravenswood Manor. We play a married couple. I'm a horrible pharmacist faggot. He plays my wife. I play two nuns, a straight cop, and a witch. Who do you play? I play your horrible wife who has three wooden fingers because they were chopped off in a meat grinding accident. On stage. As you do. Uh, and I'm also a really weird sort of like um, prudish librarian. librarian who's sort of a cross between Miss Jane Hathaway from Beverly Hillbillies and Vincent Price. So um, I think I think that's what's happening. Happy with her. Halloween, I guess. So I know. Happy Halloween. Um, yeah. Come see us in the show. <laughs> and then Golden Girls Live with Alaska Thunderfuck in January. Yeah. With that. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Naomi and Andy, for having us. This was so much fun. Welcome back, baby dolls. Welcome back to you into the house of love. <laughs> I don't know what that song. It's okay. Was but my brain is scrambled like a platter of eggs at square one. I just wanna... square one here in Los Angeles, delicious brunch place. Yep, you're scrambled. I just love Drew and Sam. I love like I love this. Sam was like, I'm tired. And then he's like, literally, was just like, okay, and now here's every thought I've ever had. They are so funny. Brilliant and wonderful. And Sam, I think we like clocked him. He's been in like so many sitcoms. Yeah. And you're always like, that guy's funny. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like pops up in like Friends and Will and Grace and a bunch of things. Yeah. And uh, it just endears himself to you. You know, you talk about this a lot, right? When you, somebody who you've known from television, who you meet in person, he, for me, a lot of character actors for me, like those are the people who I kind of like trip out over. Because yes. it's like, because in a way, it's not something to see somebody in something and be like, oh, I know you. It's like to see somebody for like 15 years. So then it's kind of like you build up a history with them, even though they don't know. Because it's like, I remember when I was watching Will and Grace, yes. when I was in high school and you were over there. You know what I mean? And so it's very... um. It's, yeah. it's like very heavy and I feel like I was so nervous because he was the one where, you know, Drew, I had met him before. We had been on I Don't Think So Honey together before. But then Sam, I didn't know. So we like met him just on stage where I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> Toby Huss is that for me. Oh yeah, you love some Toby Huss. Love Toby Huss from uh, Pete and Pete <laughs> and Halt and Catch Fire, the last season of Glow and a ton of other things. Yeah. But he's someone who... Uh, I uh, have a uh, showbiz crush on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were so good and so fun. But, you know, as you guys all know, as we've discussed, as we've said up top, you know, we've got this house of love. We're truly anchored to it. Anchored to the house of love. And it is so, it's been great. But I will say one of the major adjustments, which may seem, you know, very silly, is just walking the dog multiple times a day. That's been like a real tough, I mean, I keep waiting to become a morning person. I keep waiting. You no, never for me, will. the waking up and walking the dog first thing in the morning was supposed to be my like start to the day. It was supposed to be like, Naomi, get up, get out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Do a little light exercise and greet the world. And yet every morning the alarm surprises me. It's, it's a struggle. Me this we never, morning, we're too old, Naomi. This morning I overslept. You literally, like, I was roused by you getting the dog up. Because I was awake. And I, here's the thing. <laughs> Naomi does the morning walk. I do the late night walk because... It always sounds patriarchal when I say it. Well, no, like, no, no, I, I want you to. The <laughs> the man. I'm like, I forbid you to do the uh, like walk at 11 p.m. But yeah. I think it's dangerous for you. It's not like we live in a dangerous neighborhood, but we live in a gentrifying neighborhood. Well, also, I fully agree that it's dangerous. You know I watch a lot of true crime and don't like to walk around L.A. at night anyway because no one's out on the street. So I'm always convinced that this will be the day I dive. Anyway. Well, the two times that you have gone because I've been out and Mabel couldn't wait. You've been accosted by someone, as patriarchal as it may be, or as uh, perhaps pragmatic as it may be. I think it also is empirically proven that it is dangerous for you to do the late night walk. But we split it up like that. You do that, and then one of us or both of us does the, you know, then there's like one or two more walks. And then right. uh, that we either switch on or do together or whatever. Yeah, whoever, whichever one of us wants to procrastinate from the work they should be doing will true. often take that true, midday true, true, true. walk and be like, sure, I'll take her. But Naomi, our biorhythms have were set up in childhood and us Beckermans are late night people. You know, my mom stays up till like one or two in the morning. I love it. She stays <laughs> up and she plays spider solitaire and watches her stories. And that's how I knew that you and I would work. But this is the problem with the night walk that even for me as a white male, you know, and look, I'm also jacked. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have ever seen a picture of me, but I am just ripped oh to the gills. My, my biceps have triceps on them. <laughs> my, my biceps <laughs> have triceps on them? Yeah, my delts have whatever the calf muscles are. <laughs> but as a small white man, it is, uh, is even dangerous for me. Oh, for real? So like, okay, so I now know Mabel takes a while to get to like pee and poop. And so like she has to get comfortable. She's much like me. She has to get comfortable. She has to. She has to loosen her butt. Yes. She has to <laughs> let the world, let the worries of the world waft away. And then she'll and then she is, And then she's like, okay, I can loosen my bowels now. So there was like one night where Andy was taking her out and for that late night walk, which to me is, I assumed would be just quick. It's like, let her pee so we can all go to sleep. And it was like probably 30 minutes or something. And literally I was like, I have to call the police. Andy's been taken. Mabel's with him. She's wandering the streets or something. You I got so nervous. Sobbed. I got back and you saw you were like I had been at war and you thought I died. It was truly and then a soldier's I show, homecoming. Yes. I show up and you're like, ah, the battle of the bulge didn't take you, my dear. <laughs> It was very terrifying. So, yes, I get stressed. It is. <laughs> night walks are strange because there are 
all you have are silhouettes, okay? Like, yes. there was... The streets like are the, not well lit. The streets are not well lit at the, all. The other night, to, to give you... It's just like a gentrifying neighborhood. It's weird. Like, we live in, like, you know, in a, a, a nice apartment, but, like, there is everything from, I would say, like, she-she condos around us to hovels. Yeah. So it runs the gamut of the economics in our area. And there was, like, two blocks away from us at this kind of, like... On one side of the street is just a bodega, and on the other side is like a liquor store paycheck cashing place. Mm -hmm. And I just saw like – I know my brain was making it up, but it was a silhouette of a guy. And I swear like the lights from the liquor store, the kind of like the neon sign stuff was like sparking in the background behind him. (laughs) And that there was mechanical clanking sounds. Now, I know my brain was like just scaring me. Yeah. But just like that, the silhouette and the the lights, which my brain thought was like sparking in a like like the thing that you might see in a monster film. That's like the red herring. Yeah, yeah. That's like oh, and then you like get closer, and it's just like a dude drinking a diet coke that it got right. at, the, at the bodega. I mean, and it's sometimes embarrassing. Like I was walking Mabel last night actually, and we're walking in this like particularly like dark part of this one block, and this black woman like walks from across the street and Mabel starts barking at, like surprises both of us. Yeah. Uh, as a human, I was like, oh, uh, it's just another human. Nothing for me. But Mabel started barking. I go, <laughs> let me step away from the mic. Cause I go, Mabel, <laughs> like with that. And then I go, I am so sorry. Andy told me about this and I was like so embarrassed for him because of, cause I will tell you this for a fact. Okay. You know, I learned about canine-based racism since moving to Los Angeles. People get these rescue dogs, and they're always like, my dog is afraid of brown people. And I'll be like, "Mm, sounds like you might be afraid of brown people. And so I was like, so one of the things I loved about Mabel is that she doesn't react to people. She doesn't, like, bark. She doesn't see any specific group or type of person as nefarious, which I love. And so the idea that Mabel is out in these streets after dark barking at black ladies, I'm like, Mabel, don't you embarrass me in these streets. I couldn't believe it. But I would like to tell you this, Naomi, that I see all people as threats. I feel like I am an equal opportunity. Not like one of those stamps who's like, "Uh, I roast everybody. (laughs) But I see everyone as a possible threat. There was a a woman, a 20-something woman, like influencer type. Yeah. You know, like uh, gorgeous kind of. And I'm like, she could knife me and steal my wallet. And I... Kept your, you know what you do? This is what you learn in New York City. When someone passes you, yes, you turn your head a little bit so you keep them in your periphery. You so must. they can't grab a brick and smack you in the back of the head as they pass. Yes. Or in my like weird kind of criminal fantasies, they've got one criminal of those fantasies. They've got like either a sock full of D batteries mm-hmm. or one of those blackjacks that you see in movies. What's a blackjack? It's like a little, it's like a thing with a spring, like a heavy spring in it. And someone smashes you in the back of the head and it knocks you right out. Never heard of such a thing. My God. Now think you have something new to be afraid of. I think it's called called a blackjack. Yeah. Oh my God. And uh, every time it hits you 21, (laughs) but yes. So yes, Mabel was in the wrong. I know. We reprimanded her. You did. You we had sent to. her to a sensitivity class. <laughs> uh, but also, like, everyone can be a threat, no matter who the person is that's there. When it's, like, midnight, no matter who is on the same side of the street as you, you want to cross the street. Yes, 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 yes. Um, totally. Although I do try to, like, I'm like, am I making them feel bad? I, there is I know. Part, you don't want someone to be like, part. I see you as a threat, but I'm also like, 
I agree with you. It's like equal opportunity. It's like, I don't know any of y'all. It's like, why I carry my purse on stage? Yeah. I don't know these hoes in these streets. But no matter who you are. I'll tell you this, Naomi. I'm probably seen as a threat. to Even though I'm a small white man with a small white dog yes. walking along, I'm probably a threat to people. You know, there was this guy for two nights in a row. I saw him in the distance. He, I call him the whistler. Yep. He would whistle just this like three or four note thing oh every like God. 15, 20 seconds. This is a horror movie. Chilling. Chilling me to the bone. It's, I would hear the four notes and the marrow would be squozing out of my bones. Squozing. And shaked around in the night air. Yeah. Yes. But then I, I was like thinking about it as I was walking. I'm like, oh, the whistler. What a what a scary gent. Uh, <laughs> but then you just hear like you'll hear see me walking around. When Mabel gets in something, yeah, I go. Uh, <laughs> I just make that sound to get her attention. To get her attention, because yeah. that's the uh, the trainer that we took her to said the best way is like sounds like that kissing sounds or like the whatever that is. Ugh, I hate that sound right now. Well, I thought about this. You just hear you, there's some dude walking along, and you just hear out of nowhere. Yeah. Yep. Good that's... girl. Good girl. <laughs> and kind of like in a whispery voice. Yeah. Which is what you hear in a horror film. <laughs> that is definitely like a there's some, there's some horror film on Netflix where there is a creep at night going, yeah, good girl, good girl. Andy, you're literally chilling me to the bone, and I'm sitting across from you. Just that sound in my ears, like oh god, it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> but also I will say this, Naomi. I have been very conscious that as a man on the street late at night, I certainly probably make other women feel uncomfortable. Are there women out on the street at night when you're yeah. walking, Mabel? Yeah, yeah. By themselves? Plenty, yeah. Oh, my God. Ladies, you need to be watching Investigation Discovery. Get off these streets. Well, I was walking, you know, we were like the edge of Los Feliz, uh, which is like a, if you don't live in Los Angeles, it's kind of like a busy area, even uh, into the uh, wee hours of the morn. And I was walking up uh, this street called uh, Vermont, and there was a woman behind me, and I kind of and Mabel like had to poop, so I had to move to the side so Mabel could poop. And then the woman passed me. When Mabel was done, I started walking again, and this woman was only like four or five steps ahead of me. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to make her feel weird or like threatened. And Mabel then got like kind of tangled her leash around one of those pylon-y things sticking out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, in my brain, this is literally the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, I got to make her know that I'm not a threat. What can I say to Mabel right now that this woman will, <laughs> that this woman will overhear? And so like in a very kind of like loudish voice, I go, uh, well, Mabel, that's quite a pickle you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> oh my God. This was your way of making someone feel Comfortable? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that no one who says quite a pickle in that kind of, uh, like, uh, odd couple. Like, that sounded yes. like what Felix, yes. who was the neat one in The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple existed before I was alive. Yes. So I've never actually seen an episode of it or watched the Neil Simon play. But uh, who was the, Felix, that was the neat one, right? I don't Oscar, know. that's a messy name. Yep. Oscar the Grouch. Yep. Was Oscar the Grouch named after Oscar from The Odd Couple? Well, he did live in a trash can. Listeners, write in. <laughs> But yes, in a kind of like Tony Randall voice, <laughs> Mabel. That's quite a pickle you've gotten yourself into. Uh, oh if you God. heard, some, would you think they were a threat? 
as a woman, if you heard a smallish white man. It feels performative as though you're actively trying to throw me off of your scent, but that you are actually nefarious. So you think in Mindhunter season three, there's going to be one of the serial killers or BTK who they're following throughout the entire series is going to throw uh, throw someone off his scent by. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah, trying that fully. What a pickle we've gotten ourselves into. So that's just what a murder is. So I basically just. That's picked... a murderer trying to sound normal. OK. So I yeah, just yeah, pick yeah. what a, a camouflaging murderer would say. Yeah. 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 Someone who doesn't understand how people communicate. Yeah. Naomi, besides like the one time that you sobbed, what are you doing when I'm out walking Mabel at night? I don't know. It's like hard because I would really love to be in bed, but I'm too nervous. I w- and like I keep my phone, I turn my ringer on so that if for some reason you are in, in trouble and you choose to call me, I can like quickly get it or whatever. I make sure to keep my bra on. I don't fully because I go, you know what, if I've got to run out in these streets, I can't be out here just loose. I have to be able to chase. And I'm always like, what is your route? So I know where to search. Have you ever tried the uh, find phone whatever thing I don't on me? have that because, well, first of all, you know I don't have an iPhone, so I can't do it through my phone. I've thought about that, but it's also, I'm always just like, I don't know. I just try to keep myself busy. You know, usually while you're doing, while you're walking Mabel, I'm feeding the cats, and then I kind of start my nightly routine. I just try to do something to kill time. So I'm not just sitting there being like, where is he? But also, like, after 20 minutes, I do get scared. (laughs) After 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, this, okay, if she can't poop in 20 minutes, then she just gonna have to poop in the house. I ain't got time for all this. But I do wonder, like, you know, if you are out or if you are ever sick, like, you know, you got really sick and couldn't go take her out. I'm like, well, what would I do? Because I can't do that loop. Like, there's just not enough light. For me, it's like, not only is no one out on the street, but it's just not very well lit. And so... I can't take that risk of walking back and forth. You know, Mabel is very small and unassuming. There are times where people like come up to me during the day where I'm like, why are you trying to talk to me? You yeah, know what I mean? No Remember that time that, that guy was like trying, he like sidled up next to me again in the middle of the day in Los Angeles. No one else is on the street between me and this young dude. And he's like trying to talk to me where I was like, okay, are you about to try to rob me or are you trying to hit on me? I can't even tell. Your vibe is all kinds of off. And I was Which just is like, worse. <laughs> Which would you rather have? Try to hit on me, obviously. <laughs> Don't take my ID. That's just a hassle to replace. <laughs> so, like, literally, when I think, I'm like, I'm like, money. Okay, you can cancel cards. It's more like Jesus Christ. I'll I have to walking. listen to this guy's pickup lines. Did he have a big hat on? Was it mystery from whatever that pickup artist no, thing was? I think I was wearing a hat, and that's what I was like, fuck. I've given people the impression that I'm open. <laughs> I'm wearing a statement hat, so they think we can be friends. Yeah, and so I'm always like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm much more tempted to be like, should I teach her how to go on a wee wee pad just so that. At midnight, I don't have to risk my life. I gotta tell you, her bladder. I've had fantasies about teaching her to either use the litter box or teaching her to use the toilet. Oh my god, I wish she's too short to even get on a toilet. But, but I you know. would hold her. You would hold her above the toilet, <laughs> and then she would go. That is so funny. And you would feed her a treat, and you'd be like, "Good Mabel, <laughs> you used a toilet." Okay, anybody out there who has taught a dog to use a toilet, please write in. Please contact us. I think you guys might want to hear another set. Yeah. And I'd like to satisfy that urge in you. So let's take a break. And on the other side of that, we have the last set from our October show. And it's a sweet doozy. We'll be right back. My name is Kimberly Drew. If I've learned anything in my years of studying and uplifting black artists, it's that we all have the power to create something beautiful. That's why I'm pleased to introduce you to people who have broken down boundaries in fencing and helped to create the first ever smart store. They're a big deal. 
And it's time we give them our attention. Listen to Your Attention, Please, a Hulu podcast with iHeartRadio on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's inspired by Your Attention, Please, now streaming on Hulu. Watch for a fresh point of view on Black history. And we are back, you guys. We have a wonderful, hilarious set. As promised, a sweet doozy. We always promise, okay? We are people of our word, okay? This set is from Ray Sani and Ira Madison III, who are longtime friends. Ray is a comedian and writer who's worked on a black lady sketch show, The Good Place, Rel, and The President Show. And Ira Madison is the co-host of the podcast Keep It and is a writer on the show Daybreak, which you can now watch on Netflix. Yeah. And it's just truly black excellence at its finest. So get into it. Roll it. Ignore that my purse is on the floor. I was late. The beauty of knowing that Ray was going to be doing this show with me was I was like, I can take my time. Um, let's not front like Ira ain't the latest nigga around, okay? Like, like Ira, okay, I'm late, but my excuse is that I'm African. What's his excuse? What's his excuse? I never miss a call time because I'm from the theater. Oh. I'll be late to brunch. Yes. Maybe a funeral. <laughs> maybe a wedding where I miss my best friend's vows, but... All right, all right, all right. Uh, can I do better? Can I do better? I am constantly 30 minutes later than Ira, so uh, I win. Uh, I actually missed a whole wedding, actually, last September because uh, I was too late to my flight to New York, uh, like Robin on Real, Real Housewives of, of Potomac. Potomac. <laughs> uh, so Ira and I have been friends for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah. We met in New York. Yes, we met in New York. So I went to a godforsaken university called Princeton. And, and I was at the Tisch School of the Arts. Yes. Uh, Iris, a playwright with a W-R-I-G-H-T. Matt Rogers went there with me when I was there. Oh, where, Matt, you for real? He was an undergrad. Oh, Matt's younger than us. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you got left back? Okay. Uh, just so I could. So, and, uh, so I had a friend, uh, a Sagittarian friend, uh, who invited me to her birthday party. I'm a Sagittarius as well. As well. She was doing her MFA thing with this dude. A Leo. A Leo. Which is why the bonding The fire signage. For people who get astrology. You live in L.A., you should. Yeah. Or you have a friend who won't stop talking about it. Awesome real shit. Like, I've been in L.A. for maybe 18 months now. Mm, mm, 20 months now. And and I came here staunch atheist, man. Never never believed in any fucking thing. And now I'm like, oh, my God. I'm a Taurus ascending. (laughs) I text this fool about all this stuff, fire signs, and he's definitely a motherfucking Leo, let me tell you. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, And so, yes, we met at this party. Ira had glasses. This LASIK shit is really new to me right now. So, I got LASIK three days ago. It was three days ago. Did not even tell me. Well... 
I got it the same day as Megan the Stallion, which I did not know. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! I saw on Instagram she was like, "Got LASIK today," and I was like, "I got LASIK today." Okay, but wait. hot LASIK autumn. But why didn't you? Th- <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna see the leaves clearly now. <laughs> it's gonna be great. But you didn't post about it until yesterday. No. Well, because because like, what if I went blind? <laughs> So you had to like, like set I up wanted, for a day. I wanted to stunt, but I did not want to be like, yo, I'm getting LASIK, what's up? <laughs> By the way, I now can't see. <laughs> so if that happened, there was going to be an excuse like, car accident. Oh my God, I'm blind now. <laughs> wait, wait, time out. Okay, so now we've got to work through it. It's like, what, like, what would you do were you blind? Like, what if Ira... Try to get too sexy, and now he can't see. <laughs> so what happens next? Like to be fair. To be fair. I think the career would pop even more. If it was blind. <laughs> Yo, so Ira. So, <laughs> Ira, not like part of how we kept in contact for these ten years or whatever is that we're in a group chat with some balling ass niggas. Like they're some, called the Coven. The Coven. We're not gonna name them. We're out. not gonna name them, but there's an Oscar winner in there. There is a fabulous TV producer who is the daughter of someone very famous. Someone, yeah, you know. There is lit. a... Some scammer lawyers. Yes. Uh, there is a an, an African daughter of a... Um, a diplomat. Con- a diplomat a who is diplomat. constantly in a different country. Yes, wearing all kinds of bright colors. You know, that African skin looks very good yeah, again. There's, a, there's <laughs> a white executive in Hollywood who you probably wouldn't like. <laughs> We don't like him either. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with him. I'm okay with him. But so um, I adore Ira so much because me and him were the bums in that group. <laughs> like we we didn't pop off until like Ira a couple years before me, you know. So I'm still the brokest one. But Ira was broke most recently, so we sisters. <laughs> I'm still kind of broke. Ira just helped me out with some shit pretty recently. A good friend. A you good know. friend. A great uh, friend. You know. He hasn't even put any stipulations on it. He's like, <laughs> get, get it to me when you can. So I'm going to see him in 20 years. <laughs> so to be fair, as I told you, I am already dealing with an other money situation, which is weighing on my soul. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the audience. Yeah, ask him, ask him, ask him. So my sister. Oh. <laughs> Family, family already too much. This this wayward lesbian who lives in Indianapolis for some reason. We're from Milwaukee. I don't do Indiana. Uh, she first had an engagement party that I did not go to this year because the engagement party was on my birthday. <laughs> Wait, tell them the other part. She has known how long my birthday is for an amount of years I will not disclose. 33. <laughs> it's not what Wikipedia says. Uh, wait, what's the other part? Uh, the other part about who was all together on your birthday when you wasn't there? Oh. Oh, is that too personal? Wait, what do you mean who was on my birthday? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's Sorry. fine. You mouthed it. Also, my dad was at uh, with them on my birthday. I haven't talked to him in 20 years. So... We're in a moment. Anyway, didn't <laughs> Sorry, go, didn't go I there. Apologize. I didn't apologize. Go there. You didn't know what? To. Let's just get personal. Okay, you know? go for it. Drag me to it. Look. <laughs> um, now the wedding is happening in March. 
Now, my family is from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. working class. They can't afford a destination wedding. This heifer, the destination <laughs> is Reddington Beach, Florida. I don't know when that became a destination. I called my mom about it, and she said, now you know they always visit Florida. She loves Florida. I'm like, well, why does she visit Florida after this fucking wedding, which could have been in Milwaukee or Indianapolis? Because now, who has to pay for their mom and grandmother's plane tickets to Florida? So I've got to pay for three destinations at this destination wedding. Right. Now. And my mom said, don't, don't ruin her fun. I said, a wedding is not fun. <laughs> for anyone involved. Spoken like a true Leo. I'm just saying, if I had a destination wedding, it, one, wouldn't be in Florida. It, two. <laughs> wouldn't be in Reddington, two, Florida. Wouldn't be in Reddington. Three, I would fly everyone out there. Okay, but you wait. Know, but see, that's where I, okay. Third, probably won't happen. I mean, the person I'm dating did not even show up tonight. <laughs> They're going through some things. I, that was just me looking for pity. I wanted that off. Uh, <laughs> but, but okay, you, you pitying him, you pitying him. I'm up here seeing him as his bragging because a man hasn't looked at me in two years. <laughs> <sighs> to be fair, every time I throw a party, she's like, yo, Ira, like, you know, like, we're the straight man. Like, the yes. nigga's going to come through. I'm like, let me tell you, the only straight man in my life is my trainer. Yeah. So I like mo- I moved to LA and like literally only met and talked to gay people and that's not a good way to get fucked. <laughs> what it is. Uh, so I've just been talking to boys who live in New York or whatever and uh, they treat me as badly as the ones here do too. <laughs> <I don't know. sighs> My social life here uh, really just consists of watching Real Housewives of Anything with Ira and our friend Sam. Yes, we and have a group. It's our Bravo Club. It's our Bravo Club. We don't Club. have an interesting name. No. And uh, I also haven't been in three months, so <laughs> I don't go out. Um, <laughs> I also miss every comedy show that I'm booked on, so uh, you guys are real lucky tonight. I was prepared to do a one-man show. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I would have done something flake. from Titus Andronica. <laughs> always have a monologue ready. Um, so, so uh, he does always have a monologue ready, and actually, it infuriates me because Ira ain't even trying to be a stand-up comic, and he's one of the funniest people I know. And you know, you can't tell Leos in bright yellow shirts, shit like that, but. <laughs> But it's true. Fuck you for being great or whatever, friend. Really, really, really talented. I will say that she is very talented. That was, I was, I was because, properly fishing. Well, oh, oh. Well, so when she was talking about how, you know, like we were both broke a minute ago. Don't know how long ago. I don't recall these days. <laughs> I, was um, never, I was never broke. I was never, telling never, stories. Never been broke. No. Um, <laughs> When we were, when I was living out here, you know, trying to do this like television thing, um, <laughs> before I got my job at Netflix, which apparently tonight is promoted by, uh, not by me, <laughs> uh, fuck Netflix for oh. other reasons. Uh, but watch my show October twenty fourth. Hello, um, Daybreak. Um, 
<laughs> he has the best episode. I'm sure of it. Um, before I got that job, and I was like, when was I working at that point? Like maybe MTV News. Um, that's when you got your job at the President Show. Yeah. And I was like, this bitch got a TV job in New York, and he has a whole MFA in script writing. I do have things. an I do have an MFA from the Tisch School of the Arts. <laughs> Do, is that what all y'all do? It's the Tish School of the Arts? Well, that's the official name. Oh, the Tish the, School um, of the, the Arts. Okay, do you spell it E-E Which, like Megan? Incorrectly? Yeah, yeah. The. <laughs> the. Actually, okay, I love Megan and Stallion, but it does infuriate me that old girl put the, like, the, 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 the subject, the, I dropped out junior year. Uh, you know, like when she's the object of the, the like thou and the. <sighs> it lets black people feel Shakespearean. Oh, right, okay, yes. okay. Let them feel like they are Goneril being denied the money that <laughs> King Lear would have left them because okay. he truly loved Cordelia. Uh, if, there's, if, there, if there's anybody who knows how to combine high and lows, Ira Madison III. <laughs> Okay, he'll just put like some, you know, Attic Greek play, like some fucking, I don't know, Hector. Look, I dropped out of school. <laughs> I dropped. Uh, we we got a light. So what do you want to tell? I these also people? don't know what the light meant. The, oh, I right, wasn't right. paying attention. How many minutes we got? <laughs> so a light two. Good. Two. That's what's up. Okay, so what are we gonna do? In two I don't minutes? know. What are we gonna talk about? Uh, well, I want to get into this LASIK, but I don't know what's too personal because I already Ask fucked me anything. up and Ask talked me about anything. your Ask me. I'm listening. Okay, so who this nigga you dating? Oh. <laughs> you will not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> No? No. Uh, do you like him? Is that he, why? Yeah. Oh, you do like him? Yeah. Oh, fine. I'll be respectful. You're the ex of a friend. We won't get into okay. it yet. Oh, whoa. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm a Leo, whatever. Some, let's talk about some other nigga you like. I don't know. Who do I? Uh, Channing Tatum? Do you? You don't I like Channing? I off that. Well... <laughs> Why? Because, you know, he got divorced and, like, all of his appeal to me was like, oh, we in the dancing couple with Shorty I was in. Step up. Wait, he's know. with he's with Jesse J. Right, she got so pipes. She got pipes or whatever, but, you know, blew our soul from the Brits, whatever. It's so predictable, you know. Okay. Like, the um, wigger picked the blue eyes soul. Shorty's like, all right, all right. Um, I don't know. Who else we into? Are you believing Adele and Skepta? Oh, I mean... Sh- Yes. You believe it? Yes, you, you know. Yes, you know. She's cute and all, but like, you know, that's a she, fine Nigerian she, she's man. She's British though, you know, and if you've been to London, you know, like you always see white people <laughs> in the Brixton market and you know, it's like it's like With oh Amy black Whitehouse people. Yeah, it's like black people and then all of a sudden, oh, these white people in the Brixton market and I feel like on the way out of her, you know, carriage what they ride in London. <laughs> um, she saw him rapping on the street and was like, hello, would you like to, you know, have sex with me? I am looking for, yo, I am really looking forward to like the postpartum, post-divorce, yeah. post-interracial dating album. Like, yes, that's I want an R&B album from Adele. Yes. I want to hear... With some I Afro wa- beats Right, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear, must it on a beat, ho, oh, and then Adele singing. <laughs> 
Oh my God. I wouldn't even begin to know what note you come in of Adele, like mustard on a beat. Hello. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Yes. That'd goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. Because it's goodbye to the white man yeah, that cheated bye, on nigga. her. Yeah. Uh, he Don't cheated? Date, I, probably. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's how all the songs. Adele's not with a white man, so don't date white men. Ah, uh, good point. Yes, my <laughs> my therapist will be happy with me. <laughs> Thank you, Thank guys. You. Oh my God, loving Ray and Ira. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Ray, we've known Ray for like what eight years. Yeah, I mean, New York Times. Ray also grew up in New York, and we also have a lot of fun school overlap people, so it's so good. We don't see her as much as we like in L.A., but there's no better way to connect to someone than to invite them to do your show. <laughs> so it's good to have her back, um, and they were so fun. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, this was a delight to record, and I hope a delight to hear. So again, how do you travel with multiple animals? How do you teach a dog to pee in a toilet? These are the questions we're asking you. We will talk to you next week, baby dolls. Bye. Hi, guys. Katie Lowe's here, actress, mom, and host of the parenting podcast, Katie's Crib, a show that helps women navigate the colossal changes that come with motherhood. You'll hear from resilient mamas, knowledgeable experts, and me asking a whole lot of questions. It's real talk that offers real perspective on what it's really like to be a parent. So join me. New episodes publish every other Thursday. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kimberly Drew. If I've learned anything in my years of studying and uplifting black artists, it's that we all have the power to create something beautiful. That's why I'm pleased to introduce you to people who have broken down boundaries in fencing and helped to create the first ever smart store. They're a big deal, and it's time we give them our attention. Listen to Your Attention, Please, a Hulu podcast with iHeartRadio on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's inspired by Your Attention, Please, now streaming on Hulu. Watch for a fresh point of view on Black history. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.